Hello everyone and welcome to your NARSA Weekly Update for the week commencing Monday the 5th of September 2022. It's Gary here again and firstly I'd like to wish all North Americans a very happy Labour Day. As I'm sure you'll know Labour Day has been a national holiday since 1894 when President Grover Cleveland signed the law that Congress passed designating the first Monday in September a holiday for workers. Labour unions pressed and activists sacrificed to gain recognition of both the contributions and the mistreatments of workers at the time. And you'll likely wonder who Grover Cleveland was, uh, weren't you? So I'm going to tell you. Stephen Grover Cleveland was an American lawyer and politician who served as both the 22nd and 24th President of the United States from 1885 to 1889 and then from 1893 to 1897 and is the only President in American history to serve two non-consecutive terms in office. Alright, I've avoided Rangers as much as I possibly can, I guess. <laughs> what a god-awful week uh, we had with that absolute capitulation and the sequel to the, the February massacre um, that we got to, in inverted commas, enjoy. I'll give you a little bit of a sneak peek into the game segment for this week. It's very, very short in comparison to other weeks. I will try to keep the pod as upbeat as possible, so in the spirit of if you've got nothing to say, nothing good to say, say nothing at all, I think I'll try and do just that very thing. So let's get this out of the way. After last week's massively upbeat game segment, this week is this week's is actually not so much, obviously. Our first game was the, what would you say, somewhat routine 3-1 victory over Queen of the South at Ibrox on Tuesday night with goals, debut goal from Robbie Ewer and a double from Scott Arfield. Uh, there was a wee bit of drama, uh, kind of early, I guess, uh, kind of mid- mid-ish of the, the first half when when Queen of the South equalised to make it 1-1 for about, I don't know, about seven minutes or so, something like that. But the, the main point of the match, as I'd mentioned last week, was to get some minutes into some players' legs and give others a bit of a breather and get the result that takes us through to the next round. And that is exactly what we got the positives of this game uh, were the result and, as I say, some game time for some players and uh, I believe no injuries as well. And the the negatives, I guess you could probably say Fashion Sakala's <laughs> nightmare pass for for their goal, although the, the guy uh, the guy did a, had, a, had a good finish as well. So maybe maybe you want to stick to striking. Fashion defending just isn't your jam, my friend. And the referee watch nothing really springs to mind in terms of any criticism for for David Dickinson. So he gets an eight out of ten for his performance. So if you do if you do well and there's no real controversy in a game or anything like that, you're going to get a seven or an eight, and it's just completely arbitrary based on how I how I feel <laughs> when I when I put my notes together. But, you know, you're only going to get a 9 or a 10 if you're exceptional, if you've managed a situation exceptionally well and, and you know, something amazing has happened as a result, you know, like, you know, in terms of um, a result that's hinged on a referee decision or something like that. So it's not, like, I don't know if anybody's ever going to get a 10, to be honest, but we'll see. Anyway, um, so that was that out the way and we have drawn against uh, Dundee. In, in the next round of the competition and that's going to take place on the 19th of October with a peculiar 8.15pm kickoff as well which is which is 
kind of interesting. You don't see that very often. So uh, here's hoping that game doesn't go to extra time. And penalties, our people will be getting home very, very late from that. Uh, okay, our second game was just like watching an old horror movie on repeat, wasn't it? We go into the match with the knowledge, you know, that September is a massive month for us and the fact that we are already behind and and that mob are already flying, quite honestly. Then we we also, on Friday night, have Dave King jabbing at the board uh, through the media on um, on, the, on the eve of the game for their handle, handling of the cinch situation with the, the, the football governing bodies, which just is not helpful whatsoever on the eve of such a massive game. And then we approach the game in the knowledge that you know, despite our, our qualification for the Champions League, we didn't peculiarly add any further players to the first team squad, which I thought was odd and a, and a little bit disappointing as well. You know, the, the transfer deadline windows are usually fairly exciting because there's some stuff going on. Now we did say we we took care of a lot of our of our business, our transfer business earlier in the window, which is fair. We did do that, but I just think there was a, a widespread assumption that. You know, if we qualify for the Champions League, that we would then be in the market for other types of styles of players that would help us stay in the Champions League and continue to be competitive in Scotland. So when it didn't happen, as I say, just just a little odd um, and, and not exactly what we were hoping for. And then we crossed the white lines at Sharkhead and we just have an absolute horror show again. You know, we, we, we know the script with this team. They're 500 miles an hour at the start of every game. Um, you know, they've got the free kicks and the throw-ins are taken at breakneck speed to, you know, just to try and gain competitive advantage from that. We know this. And then we act like we don't know this. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. And one main real problem I have with it is that there's just an air of resignation around around the whole, the whole game. It, f- it felt like, you know, after they scored, certainly after they scored the second, it felt like and the four goals that we lost were just absolute garbage. All four of them. Our goalie, John McLaughlin, had an absolute disaster of a performance and contributed to all four goals. And not only him, to be fair, but the, the quite honestly, this guy just doesn't make the type of um, and styles of saves that our, our previous great goalies in, in the past had. He's a decent, competent goalie, but he's not great. And his decision-making for the fourth goal was absolutely pathetic it was ridiculous and then then he just kind of stands and stares like there's no real obvious emotion or, or signs of regret or anger or annoyance or embarrassment or whatever it is he's feeling it should be all of those by the way that he's feeling and what I'd also like to have seen was you know Tav or Goldson or someone coming up with him and giving him a, a shove and remonstrating with him in some way to let him know that in no uncertain terms that he's just a bomb scare this guy no we just slump our shoulders and get a wee bit more sad and plod our way through the rest of the game I hate to say this because I mean for, for regular listeners you, you know that I'm, I'm a big Geo fan and, and, and I love what he's doing and, and you know what he's done with us and stuff like that but we are no better off with Giovanni um, at Sharkhead than we were under Warburton under under Murty and that's that's just plain sad to be dead honest you know what a sad sad sorry state of affairs we're in domestically right now. The positives, the positives were they took the foot off the gas in the second half and it was only 4-0. That's the best thing I can think of. <sighs> you know, maybe another positive, I would give Barisic, Lundstrom and Davis, the only three players with pass marks and the rest were just not at the races for the entire game. And on a negatives perspective, 
Goldson has not had a good season thus far, neither is Tav, neither is Kent. Kent just runs and runs and runs and there's little to no end product most of the time. And our goalie situation just has to get sorted and sorted now. McLaughlin cannot surely start this game on, on Tuesday. His confidence must be completely shot after that and he just can't be trusted, uh, quite frankly, I'm afraid. So the whole performance from the team was just pants, absolute pants. On the referee watch, nothing too, too much uh, that comes to mind. Nick Walsh did all right, and uh, because primarily we didn't give him, um, or didn't give give Celtic much of a fight in any way, shape, or form, and, and so we gave him a wee bit of an easy afternoon as a result, and so he gets a he gets an eight out of ten for his performance as well, and we'll just move on from this and uh, and see <clears throat> see what happens. So. Where does this leave us? Well, after six games, yep, just six games of the Championship with five points and 17 goals behind that mob after just six games. We've won four games, we've drawn and lost one apiece. We've scored 14 goals and we've conceded seven and we are only three points ahead of Aberdeen Hearts and Motherwell, who, by the way, all dropped points on the weekend. If any of them had won, they would probably have been level, I believe, uh, maybe. And, and by the way, you know, we haven't exactly had the hardest start to the domestic campaign either. And in the next four weeks, we head to Aberdeen, we head to Hearts, we've got some very difficult European games away. And with, the, with our away form, domestically anyway, um, being the way that it has been, for example, we haven't kept a clean sheet domestically in any away match. You know, in, in fact, that's where we've lost all seven goals. Uh, I don't mind admitting that I'm nervous about our chances of, of mounting anything resembling a challenge again. This season, based on our early season form, specifically away from home in particular. So I'm not getting all hysterical. I don't want to, to misrepresent the way I feel here. I'm just a wee bit down this, you know, after this past weekend. And, you know, the, the cliche of leagues are not won in September most definitely applies. But I'm just not impressed at all with what I'm seeing. And the, the league table looks horrific thus far. We're just, and we're not getting any better. That's the, the, that's the problem. And, you know... And through gritted teeth, give credit where it's due, that mob are just so dominant in Scotland right now. They're, they're banging in goals against everybody. They are finding ways to win games and they are up for it. And they're just miles more consistent than we are. Churning out result after result after result. <sighs> sigh, sigh, sigh. So we just need to see what happens. I hope I get an opportunity to look back on this pod at some point <clears throat> in the next you know, seven, eight months or so. And, and you know, think about the, the corner that we turned or or something like that, because for right now it just doesn't feel great at all. Two games this week, starting with Tuesday. Tomorrow's return to the Champions League proper with our opener away to Ajax. And this this one's an earlier one for us with the kickoff being 12.45pm Eastern Standard Time. That's 5.45pm UK time. And you know the irony? I wouldn't be surprised if we get a positive result in Amsterdam. You know, we, we know this team has great European performances in them, so I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if we did something special, which will then, in turn, make Saturday's capitulation all the more puzzling and frustrating. And, uh, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, the second game is away at Petaudry, and this one's a really early one for us, 7am Eastern Standard Time, on noon UK on Saturday. And as I mentioned earlier, Aberdeen have had a solid start to the season, and, and they'll have seen our mess that we created for ourselves on Saturday and we'll definitely be looking forward to, to hosting us, I'm sure. And if they beat us, they'll go above us in the table. And again, I know it's only the seventh game of the season um, at that point, but it's just grim, you know, coming off a performance and result like we had on Saturday. It, it makes things not look so 
um, delicious going forward, you know, it's just a, with a little bit of bated breath, we're, we're wondering what this team is going to produce away from home now, and I just, I hate to think like that and feel like that. For RTV, another successful broadcast on the weekend, and nothing to report on that front that I've seen, so that's a great thing. And just a quick gentle reminder that the Champions League games are not broadcast live on RTV. They're typically put out on RTV at midnight UK time. Sometimes they're a wee bit spotty with that, so you know don't absolutely rely on it. But if you want to see the games live, you'll get them live on DAZN in Canada, and I think it's Paramount Plus, and maybe some other channels in the States, the United States. For shoutouts, let's get a wee bit more upbeat here now that we've got the game stuff out of the way. For shoutouts, first and most importantly, I wanted to wish my beautiful niece Chloe Carey a very, very happy 21st birthday. Yeah. We Chloe is now legal drinking age across the entire continent of North America now. Uh, Chloe's birthday was yesterday and we all had a, we all had a brilliant day actually, a smashing day uh, doing some fun golf at one of those kind of new fancy fankled entertainment golf places just outside. Uh, Calgary, and then we enjoyed a, a brilliant dinner at a, a restaurant downtown called Lulu with the entire Kerry clan. So, excellent day. So, for those that know me, know that I'm not a conspiracy theorist sort of guy, but on the 2nd of February, when we were getting smashed the last time at Sharkhead, it was Narsan and the Rangers Supporters Club of Calgary, social media guru Andy Carey's birthday on that very day. Chloe's birthday was mirrors after the latest smashing that we've been served, so I can't help but think there's a common denominator here, and I want to be very, very clear that I think the common denominator is the Carey's birthdays, and that's the denominator right there, so I think them having a birthday on or close to an old firm game is a jinx, and a burden for our club, it just cannot be a coincidence, can <laughs> Surely not, but anyway, a happy, somewhat belated birthday, Chloe, hope you had a great time and enjoyed your day. <gasps> They grow up so fast, don't they? Secondly, uh, a shout out to our friends at the Niagara to True Blues uh, Rangers Supporters Club who had a bit of a scare on Friday when a car smashed into the front of their club. Wow, the, the Imperial Veterans Association Hall, which is the Royal Canadian Legion Number no. 24 in St Catharines. I actually heard about it from uh, from Glenn Brotherston on Friday. He'd messaged me on Facebook because uh, he was getting alerts about it on his, on his phone. So then I contacted... Wally, Wally Smith, the Niagara True Blues president, um, who was on his way over to, to check it out. And then he did share some photographs afterwards of the, of the building front. And it, oof, man, it, it really um, received a fair smack by whatever it was that, that battered into it. But the, the main thing, um, the most important thing, is that thankfully no one was injured and the damage was such that it didn't impede the, the, the crew there getting to watch the game on Saturday morning. And I'm not 100% sure... <laughs> That's a good thing, quite honestly, or a good thing or a bad thing after the way the game went. But just let's focus on the positives and be thankful that all the blue noses from Niagara are okay on that one. And finally, on the shout-outs for this week, uh, Alan and Emma Swanson reached out to me yesterday to ask her two shout-outs this week. The first one for Bobby Gilmore, who married his long-time partner Vivian Cutter on Sunday on the beach in Deerfield, Florida. Both true big-time Rangers fans. Bobby used to own the, the Tudor in Fort Lauderdale which was the home to the Rangers Supporters Club for many, many years and was also a frequent haunt for Rangers players themselves when they were they were also in town. And Alan shared a, a photograph of the wedding cake and it's an absolute beauty. Three layers, blue and white, has the Rangers badge, the Rangers scroll, RFC crest and a Union Jack on it. Just absolute class. And Alan and Emma also want to make extend a belated happy birthday to Tam Seaton 
who turned 80-something, let's just say that, this past Friday, and who is still a legend in Naples, Fort Lauderdale, and his hometown back home of San Carano Tam. And he's a, he's a lovely fella, so I'm more than happy to do these shout-outs today. So congratulations to Bobby, Vivian, and Tam. That's a nice one. Thanks very much for reaching out there, folks. I love that sort of stuff. For NASA 2023, I can confirm that it's it's actually 100. Oof, no, I'm giving myself a heart attack here. 283 days and 40 weeks until Toronto Midtown Rangers Supporters Club hosts the biggest bash of the Overseas Rangers year. And kind of similar to last week, actually, I don't have too, too much material to, to share in terms of uh, progress on, on the major items. Our next main item on deck is is determining the event ticket prices, which I mentioned last week. And, and I do have a couple of e emails from the hotel to go through. I'll, I'll actually do that this afternoon. And then I think uh, Rosie Ratter and her team at the Holiday Flight Centre have what they need to get the all-in packages out there for sale. I probably do have to have a conversation with the hotel this week as well. There's just a couple of wee things we need to get ironed out on that. We're also doing a bit of work with the the potential flute band as well and, and maybe should hopefully have something to share about that a little bit later on in the month as well. So we're going to be spending some time this week uh, hopefully ironing out the hotel stuff, hopefully putting a price point on our, on our ticket sales and then getting going on that one. I'd also like to, to try and move on with getting some of the excursions organised and, and announced as, as well, and, uh, and maybe even securing our MC for the event, stuff like that, all that sort of thing, just to kind of keep the keep all the plates spinning, as it were. So, yeah, that's kind of where things are at on the convention front. On the communication front, uh, for this past week, there actually isn't a whole hell of a lot, to be honest. The, the Rangers site has been has been pretty stagnant and, and and there's not been a lot of activity on on the business side of the club to date. So of late, I should maybe say, not so much to date. And the only uh, and main update I have for you is on the memorabilia associated with the Rangers 72 film. I did reach out uh, to Hayden, the main contact fellow that, we, that we've been dealing with, to see if we could get a specific sales code that we can use to help track the sales of the memorabilia for NASA members and NASA um, friends as well. So he's he's working on that. I was kind of hoping to have that so that I could announce it today, but unless he's emailed it in the last five or ten minutes I haven't received it to date but it shouldn't be too too long to get that organised and then we can make a bit of a splash about that next week I think and get that out there some of the stuff is, is just incredible so hopefully you'll get an opportunity to spend your pretty hard earned pennies on that sort of thing on to the final part of our little series of acknowledging and thanking the folks who support encourage, tolerate, create space for and work on NASA related things with your NASA executive members, I am delighted to round this one off myself by letting you know who my main support network is. For regular listeners, you'll know that I mention my love Erin and my beautiful baby boy Leo a lot, and both uh, are really at the core of the majority of the, the NASA work I do by giving me you know, basically whatever I need, the time and space and encouragement to, to do the job to the best of my ability. And it, Quite frankly, it hasn't always been an easy ride on the NARSA executive and, and sometimes it's been a hell of a lot more dramatic than I would have liked and that comes with a whole hell of a lot of um, different level of time commitment and, and quite frankly, a different level of enjoyment of the work too. And and, and both Erin and Leo have, have quietly supported me through the whole thing. In fact, Erin has never actually known me um, without NARSA, as I've been with the association for over 10 years, and Erin and I have been together for less than, than 10 years, so 
Um, it's going to be interesting that when, when this is in the rearview mirror at some point to see how we fare. <laughs> and similar for Leo, he's now he's now 13, so he's pretty, pretty much ever, you know, only ever known me as part of the association as well. And, and I remember a few years ago, I don't know if I ever shared this or not, but I remember a few years ago, Leo asking me how much how much I got paid for for being president and and was literally absolutely shocked to his core when I said nothing. <laughs> it's a volunteer role. He was not impressed whatsoever. I kind of got a what kind of reply to that. Um, you know, dad having to do all of this work and not be paid for it. He was he was so indignant. I have to say, quite funny, but it was a great lesson uh, to talk to him about it afterwards in, in terms of what you'll give uh, for for your life passions and in a volunteer capacity. And I also get a lot of support from the Carey clan as well. As I mentioned before, Andy is, is NARSA and the Rangers Sports Club of Calgary's social media guy. He's also the treasurer of the Rangers Sports Club of Calgary. And Debbie is the secretary of RSCC. I'm still the president. I've been the president since 2008, which is a hell of a long time. It's maybe time somebody else came along and, and, and did something else with it. And... You know, with the Careys, we don't uh, always get as much time to hang out as much as we as we used to. But when we do, we're always talking about Rangers and Narsa, and and uh, get a chance to bring them up to speed with with what's what. Then we we have a bit of a, a banter about it, and and the the, the collective are, are also a great help around the you know the collective of the Careys and Leo and Erin um, on a great help around the conventions and the convention planning, and then on the the ground at the convention, making sure. And where I need to be, and generally being available for whatever I need, they're keeping me um, appraised with with where things are going and, and what's you know what the word on the street is, or anything that's going wrong, or things I need my time and attention just to make sure everything's on the right track. So yeah, very very much appreciated. And finally, my biggest fan and biggest supporter for all my Narsa stuff was was definitely my dad. You know, every day that we would talk, um, we would we would talk about Rangers. We would we would invariably get to Narsa business, and he was always interested with what was going on and providing, you know, some somewhat, you know, kind of under the radar guidance and advice and, and was, it was a great sounding board for me just to kind of talk these things through um, a lot and I, and I really miss that, I do. Um, but because of NARSA, on the, on, the, on the flip side of that, we, we did get to go together to San Francisco, to Toronto, to Redondo Beach, to Vancouver, to Las Vegas, um, Calgary as well, of course, and and our last convention together was Windsor, and he just loved the convention. Had a great time. I have to say, with so many laughs. Oh my word, did we have a lot of laughs there? It was a great time. So very, very thankful to Narsa for for that as well. So yeah, thank you to everyone who provides me the time, the space, the support, and encouragement to to continue to do this job. And I, I have to admit, I do look forward to the day when I can look back on on my Narsa journey. Yeah, with pride and fondness at what we managed to achieve and, and support the association as just a regular member and I'll definitely do that quite when that's going to be I'm not 100% sure right now but I do know that Erin and Leo are very patiently I'll say that somewhat hesitantly waiting for that day <laughs> and I promise it's coming at some point so there you go folks and just a, a wee opportunity to, to give everyone a bit of a sneak peek into uh, who's behind the folks that make this whole thing work after that I've really enjoyed uh, learning a little bit more about our team and, and I hope that you did too uh, something just a wee bit different to kind of uh, pass away a bit of time during the close season specifically and uh, spilled obviously into the every part of the season that's going to do it for this week my friends I'm very sorry about all the negativity surrounding the old firm game but it had to be said and I, I tried not to overdo it but as always uh, thank you very 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 much for taking the time to listen please share it with whomever you think might enjoy it and until next week here's to 
celebrating her long-awaited return to the Champions League proper and hopefully to smashing Aberdeen at the weekend as well. Until next week, please do take care and uh, have a great week. All the very best, folks. Cheerio.